Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 153 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for giving this episode a listen. In this episode, I'm going to go through my tips for round three of the men's comp, along with the prelim finals for the games of the AFLW. Now, don't forget, folks, if you are someone who is interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note via an email or a message on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, or you can leave a note over on my website, yankofthefooty.com as well, and I want to be able to highlight as many of these clubs as I can throughout the season and even during the off-season as well. Now, last week, I went through uh, my tips, and I went 6-3 and three last week. I missed out on the Bulldogs again, as well as the Dockers and the Giants, uh, couple clubs that are quite frankly enigmatic at this point in time so let's take a look first off at the two prelim games for the AFLW and it's been quite a while since three of these clubs have actually been able to face somebody not wearing the same jumper as them and how good is it to see these two games being played on the biggest stages in the home cities there so hopefully if you're a, a footy fan, that you get the opportunity to get out to the MCG or the Adelaide Oval to support these four clubs who, you know, this entire comp has battled this year with restrictions. And again, I, I can't do more than tip my cap to the Dockers for what they did along with the Eagles to help keep the 2022 women's season or 2022 women's season part one, if they start back up in August, uh, keeping it going because... Otherwise, if they had not gone into the hub that they went into for a while, I'm not sure this would have happened. So let's look first at the uh, the D's and the Lions. They're going to be playing over at the Melbourne Cricket Grounds, and the Lions got to play their first finals matchup this past weekend, and they just they dismantled the Magpies. And the D's have been waiting patiently to play. They've not uh, been in a game situation since the 12th of March. And while I know that they've trained well, no doubt in my mind that that's been the case. I'm going to go with the defending premiers in this situation. They've been actually been able to get into an actual game situation in the past week. So I'm going to go with the Lions to win this one by nine points. Yeah, I, I tipped them to get to the Final Four, if you will, to the prelims this past year. And uh, I think I actually had them winning it again, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go back. I think, believe I had them beating uh, North Melbourne in the grand final. And let's look at the second game of the AFLW prelims, and that's Adelaide hosting Fremantle. And again, this one's at the Adelaide Oval, so hopefully Crows supporters or even supporters who are not affiliated with a, uh, an AFLW squad yet in Adelaide, I know there's one coming next year, hopefully they show up en masse to just you know, fill the stadium as much as they possibly can. Now, this is going to be a phenomenal matchup. You've got two great midfields here, and... Uh, yeah, I have to remind myself that I, of course, did not tip the Dockers to make finals right before I did my finals episode. I went ahead and made the shift and uh, put the ruse in the number five spot and moved the Dockers down to number seven. And they've done everything they possibly can all year long to tell me why I was wrong. Well, I'm doubting them again this week. I'm going with the Crows to take this game by eight points, which, of course, then means the Dockers will probably win it. But again, I'm going to go ahead and tip the Crows to win the second 
AFLW prelim game by eight points. Now let's take a look at the uh, Brown three games in the men's comp. And first up, we've got the Bulldogs and the Swans. And I have to ask, you know, besides Port Adelaide, is there a club that's more desperate for a win than the Bulldogs? Sure, you could argue the Bombers, but, uh, you know, they face two very, very tough sides to begin the year. And now they're facing, you know, a considerable amount of time without Zach Merritt. So we'll see what, we'll see what transpires there. Hayden Crozier is going to miss this round, but it looks like Aaron Naughton's going to be back. Uh, I had a discussion a while back about what would happen after the Swans, or with the Swans, I should say, after the uh, Buddy 1000. What was going to happen in the next game after that one? And we discussed whether or not the Swans would have a bit of a letdown after that big event, or would it be more of a pressure release for them that they got the monkey off their back, so to speak, that Buddy's got his thousandth. Now we can go out and, uh, and play the way that we're capable of playing. And if that ends up being what it is, well, this club's just getting ready to take off then because these first couple rounds, while they've been trying to, you know, win games, which they've done, of course, and then, you know, also get Buddy his 1,000th, they played some fantastic team footy. But now that that is not something that they have to worry about, well, I think the gloves are going to be off here, and I think the Swans are going to, you know, they're going to explode without the pressure here. You know, that, that, that quest is not lingering anymore. It's not now let's get Buddy to 2,000. That's, that's not something you have to worry about. You know, maybe, maybe they look at, uh, and I don't think this is going to happen either, but, you know, maybe they look at you know, Tony Lockett's numbers. Is that something that's achievable? And that's, a, that's a huge number to still overcome, another 300 goals or so. So I don't think that's going to be the case. Now, I tip the Bulldogs to be in my top four. But unfortunately, I think that this ship is going to continue to take on water one more round here. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, you know, everything that broke with the stories earlier this year with, you know, Luke Beveridge, you know, getting angry at the press conference and then Tom Morris's you know, response to that. And we all know what else would happen with them as well. I don't know if there's trouble brewing with the Bulldogs. I don't think that's the case necessarily, but this is a, a club that should be performing at a, a, a better level than they are right now, but they've, they've scuffled a little bit. You know, they've dropped a couple games early on. I am going to go with the Swans to win this one, though. So I'm going to go with Sydney to take this one by nine. And then we move on to the second game of the, of the weekend in the men's side, the Ds and the Bombers at the MCG. Now, the Bombers are facing the likelihood, well, they're not going to be seeing uh, arguably their best player Don the sash until at least round eight at the earliest, it sounds like, and maybe not till 10 or 11. Now, unfortunately for them, the defending premiers are up next on their fixture. I mean, this has been an absolute juggernaut that they've had to go through, you know, with the, you know, the Cats, the Lions, and the Ds. Now, had they been healthy and come out of this with one win or yeah, maybe they'll win this one or two wins, you know, people would have been saying, okay, this is a club that's ready to go back and reestablish themselves in the top eight again this year. I don't think that that's going to happen, though. Okay, I really don't. You know, the Ds, they faced a bit of a threat from the Suns last week, which we'll talk about them here in a moment. I think that they're going to have less trouble this week with the Bombers. I am going to go with the Ds to win this one by 16 points. I, I just think the loss of Zach Merritt is going to be huge for them. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, the Ds are such a quality side. And I, 
I'm not somebody who likes to tout my, you know, toot my own horn or pat myself on the back. But I really think that the reference that I made in the uh, recap episode a couple of weeks ago with uh, Christian Petraka and Clayton Oliver from that uh, movie Annie Get Your Gun, where they're kind of in their own way singing to one another, anything you can do, I can do better. That's going to be a hell of a fun internal competition to watch. And that can only lead to that club performing at a better pace as well. So I'm really excited to see where this goes. Now let's move on to the Adelaide Oval for the Crows and the Port Adelaide Power. Now, two more clubs that are desperate for a win. Arguably, you could say the Dockers are, or excuse me, not the Dockers, but the Power are much more desperate because it's a club that a lot of people had tipped in the top eight for sure, and some even in the top four. You know, we got the first showdown here. One of these clubs is going to be disappointed. Now, Port certainly struggled last week against the Hawks. That was just ugly, an absolutely ugly performance on their part. Are they going to throw the towel in? What what Port Adelaide club are we going to see show up this week? Is this going to be the club that uh, that we expect to see from them? You know, Robbie Gray should be coming back here soon. Charlie Dixon should be close to returning. I don't know if they've been named in their 22 this week or not. Uh, but is that going to be enough to get them past Adelaide? In this case, I think even if those two gentlemen don't get back into the side, I do think that uh, Port Adelaide has enough to beat the Crows this week. So I'm going to go with Port to win the showdown by 10 points. The Port, you're going to get your first win this week. You're going to right the ship. The temperature on uh, Ken Hinckley's seat is going to get turned down just a little bit. And then people are going to realize, wait, 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 that was Adelaide that we beat. And they're going to turn it right back up again. Because I think people are now beginning to clamor for, and again, I, I don't wish ill on anybody, but we're seeing the writing starting to come out where folks are wondering who's next to lead Port Adelaide. I, I don't have the answer to that, of course. Now let's move on to GWS and the Gold Coast Suns. And we're at Giants Stadium for this one. And the Giants have been an absolutely enigmatic club this year. I think they and the Dockers have been just the ones that just made me scratch my head the most. Like, seriously, what's going on here? Okay. You know, they dropped the uh, opening game to Richmond and then to Sydney. And, of course, they're, they're missing that spark plug. And, and nobody wants to talk about and say, well, yeah, you've got, you know, 21 other players or 22 other players on the side that are, you know, that are playing instead of him right now. But this is, this is a guy who, in Toby Green, that as goes Toby Green, in my opinion, so goes the Giants. And he's not going right now, and he won't be until round six. And we can certainly have the debate on whether or not it was the right thing to do to go back and actually re-adjudicate his penalty for the bumping of the umpire. In my opinion, I think you already had uh, handed down the sentence, so to speak. I don't necessarily think that was the right thing to do to go back and uh, penalize him further, but that's my opinion. What do I know? You know, they're also going to now be without key defender Phil Davis for the next three months, you know, as we watched him, you know, tear his hamstring, you know, in that chase down tackle. So the Giants are, are scuffling. The Suns, they've been a bit of a pleasant surprise. You know, they went out west. They knocked off the Eagles for the first time ever out there. They went toe-to-toe with the Ds last week, lost by a couple of goals. Now, I, I think that this Sun squad is – and I mentioned this in uh, an episode a couple days ago, I believe. I said that this, to me, this Sun squad, it might have been on a, a tweet that I put out, that the Suns 
in 2022 kind of remind me of where the Lions were with Brisbane about four years ago, just as they were starting to turn the corner with Chris Fagan and the, the love affair that is there between the players on the list with the Lions and with uh, Chris Fagan. From what I can tell, you know, again, from, from my vantage point, which you know, I can't see over the horizon, of course, it almost looks like that sort of thing is happening in the Gold Coast as well. Because, again, they're away from that footy bubble. They're able to do their own thing. They're, they're, nobody's really there bothering them. They're just going about their business now. They've got some people who have committed to this side, some others who have said they're going to be doing the same. Is this the point in time where the Suns have really started to turn the corner here? Are they going to develop this, this role as the road warriors, if you will? You know, They should be getting Isaac Ranking back this week after a corky. I'm going to go with the Suns to win this one. So I've got the Suns beating the Giants in Sydney by 11 points. Now we move on to the Magpies and the Cats at the MCG. And believe it or not, believe it or not, I, I looked at the fixture. Next week is round four. The Cats are actually going to get to play in Geelong next week. They're going to actually let them play a game at their own stadium. Can you believe it? It, it's amazing. I, it, I didn't think it was going to happen this year. We're now into the third. Yes, I know that round one was a home game for them at the MCG against the Bombers. But it's not a home game. Sure, they get the resources from it, the financial you know, benefits of that, but it's not a home game necessarily. Certainly with gas prices being what they are, it may not have been as much of a home game as, as one might have hoped. Now the Cats... This is the, the third week of their three-week three week road trip. And they're taking on a club that, before the season started, I said would have been almost sure, a sure four points on the ladder. Had you, when I looked at the, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say it, as a Cat supporter, when I looked at the, uh, the fixture when it came out, I thought round three, four points for the Cats. They're playing the Magpies. The Magpies are rebuilding. Well, the Magpies have had other plans. And as I mentioned in Tuesday's episode, you know, this is a club that is developing this really, really interesting mix of, of good veterans. Brody Grundy, Pendlebury, who played basketball, I believe. Brody Majacek, Taylor Adams. I know I'm going to miss a, a, a few here as we go along. But uh, just a uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie Elliott, I believe. Yeah, no, that's the cook. Jamie, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I don't have the list in front of me. I'm sitting in my classroom recording this one before the school day starts. Um, but they've got this good young group as well, the Dacos brothers, Oliver Henry. You know, this, is, this is an interesting side. This is a side who, again, if you're a Magpie supporter, you are cautiously optimistic here. And let's be honest, last week the Cats literally got run over by not only the Swans but also by the Swans' uh, supporters once Buddy kicked his 1,000th goal here. You know, they, they kicked 17 behinds. Can they fix that? Can this club actually kick the ball straight? And I, and I said this during a, uh, a comment uh, during the live episode that uh, J-Dog and Peps did yesterday for Lace Out. I said, you know, to me, Brad Close was the in- only player on the Cats' side last week to actually earn his stripes, to earn his hoops, if you will. I mean, Brad Close is, is becoming a, a very fun player to watch here. You know, Tom Hawkins barely showed up. Patty Dangerfield barely showed up. The rest, it was an ugly performance for the Cats, and I don't think they let that happen two weeks in a row. 
Okay. You had too many players that just disappeared against Sydney, both during the game and during that 50-minute period of time. So they must show up this week for the Cats, and, and I think it's going to happen this weekend. I think that this is too veteran aside, you know, pun sort of intended. Uh, I'm going to go to the Cats to win this one in nail-biter. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be anything like the, uh, the Essendon game where they're going to beat them by 50 points or 60 points, I believe, okay? I don't think they're going to lose it by 30. I've got the Cats winning this one by eight points. I think this is going to be a, a victory for the Cats, but it's also going to be a, a moral victory in a way for the Magpies because they're going to realize that, you know what, we can compete with a club who many think are going to be in the top eight. So I, I have the Cats winning this one by eight, but the Magpies, this is going to build upon something that they've got going on here. Now we move on to the GABA for Brisbane and North Melbourne. And the Lions are back after having knocked off the Bombers last week, and the Roos, they beat, I guess that was the West Coast Eagles out there. They had uh, Eagles jumpers on. But, what, a half dozen of those players were playing in the Waffle just recently? And it's not to take anything away from the Waffle, but just you were missing 14 players from the Eagles' side for the previous weekend due to health and uh, safety protocols, due to injury, that type of thing. Well, they're going to be getting a lot, you know, well, we'll talk about the Eagles in a moment here. Um, but the, the Ruse have got something brewing down there as well. You've got some great young stars like Nick Larky. Uh, but I do think that this game is going to be out of reach for them. I think Brisbane is too, too tough a side. You know, Taron Thomas is going to be out for several weeks now. Uh, Luke Davis, Uniac, is going to be out this round due to concussion. Um, the Lions are really just starting to flex their muscles here. And I've got Brisbane winning this one somewhat comfortably by 13 points. Now, the Roos are going to give them a hell of a game because that's just the way David Noble is coaching this club. This club is not going to give up at all. They're going to battle. And it could be closer than 13. But I think Brisbane is too strong a side right now. Okay? And now we move on to the MCG again for Carlton and Hawthorne. And I, it's almost like I'm doing a podcast back in 1974 now which they didn't have then, of course. And go ahead, admit it. When the fixture came out, you circled this matchup immediately, knowing that it was going to be the biggest game during the first quarter of the season. We all did. Well, shit, I didn't. Where did I put that eraser? Somehow I managed to circle the D's and Bombers matchup as being the biggest game of the first quarter of the season. But, oh, well. Um, yeah, I'm stoked about this game. You know, these are two clubs that, I know I tipped outside of the eight. I think I tipped Hawthorne to be 15th or 16th this year. And they're sitting at the top of the ladder right now. This has been fun to watch. I mean, this, and again, I'm not a Hawthorne supporter. I know I'm not supposed to like Hawthorne. The sticker on the back of my van says I don't like Hawthorne. But I really don't dislike any club. I'm a little frustrated with Carlton again. You've heard about it if you listen to the podcast. Sporting Capital, give me a call because I'd still love to come on and talk about the podcast. So reach out. Uh, <laughs> but um, one of the other things I'm excited about is the fact that this game is going to be on pretty much in prime time for me. This is an 11:10 p.m. start for me, so I'm going to be up to watch this one live. And uh, which of these storied clubs is going to blink first? You know, we got two clubs that are two and zero. Yeah, the Hawks have, have held two sides to 58 points or less during the first two rounds. I mean, absolutely eye-popping numbers. I mean, that, that, that says as much about uh, 
the the Hawks' defense as maybe it does about the ability of the other cl- two clubs to score. But still, you hold you hold a side under sixty points in the AFL. You're doing a pretty darn good job. The Blues, you know, they've got the uh, the reigning Coleman medalist with Harry Mackay. Uh, he's going to be a handful for the Hawks' defense, of course. You know, I, I guess I do have to pick one of them, right? I've got to pick one of these sides, so. I'm going to go with Carlton here to hit the scoreboard just a little bit more. So I'm going to pick them to win this one by five points. So less than a goal. And if you're a footy fan, I think this one is absolutely must-watch TV. Now, only if we could get the damn game here on television. So we could uh, you know, try to convince our fellow sports fans here in the United States to actually check out the games. Now, I did get my uh, – the principal at my school here did uh, sign up for his Essendon International membership yesterday, so he should be getting his code for the Watch AFL app here very soon so he can start watching games because I know he and his kids enjoyed watching the games when we actually had them on cable television here. Well, I just checked the Afana website, and nope, still no update since the 16th of, 16th of March. We've got no footy on free TV right now. So here we are country of 331 million people well until we look at see how many people are coming into the well we won't get into that it's not a political show and we have no way of convincing disgruntled baseball fans here that there's an alternative so I'm imploring again Gil please get in touch with the TV networks here. The TV networks here, please put forth an effort to finally get this game on here and give it the support that it deserves. Because this is a game that, that could certainly lead to a, a phenomenal set of you know television opportunities for you in the evenings, for people who are on the West Coast especially, or you set your DVR and you watch the game a little bit later on. Come on. Do it for us. We want to convince these other people that this game is is worth watching because it sure as heck is. Now let's move on then to uh, okay, I'm done editorializing there. Let's move on to the Saints and Tigers. We're at Marvel Stadium. Sorry, Tigers. Yeah, you got to cross that river. You got to get through that desert again. The Tigers they battled hard last week, you know, to get that win against the Giants. I tipped against them. I, th- I thought, okay, you know what? No Dusty, no Jack. Well, no problem. Turns out they were able to do it anyway. And real quickly. I know you're not listening, but uh, I do hope that Dusty Martin uh, gets the inner peace that he is looking for, whatever that is, whether he is out in the center square for another bounce ever again or if he steps away from the game. As uh, Damian Hardwick said the other other day, he doesn't know the game, doesn't know the uh, Tigers anything. There's a man who's left it all on the grounds repeatedly, in some cases literally. Well, it looks like Jack Rewalt's going to be back in action this week. You know, the Saints, they went out west. They handed a, uh, the Dockers a, a, a hard-fought defeat. Um, they, you know, they've got a, a terrific young key forward in Max King reminding us of what has been and what's going to be in his career with that phenomenal third quarter that he had. And this is going to be one heck of a matchup again, I think, you know. And did I mention how excited I am of just about the competitiveness of, of the comp this year? You know, we've, we've got, you know, clubs that, that can win games that we don't think that they should be winning and clubs that people are expecting them to win who are scuffling, and it's, it's 
yeah, I think we're going to have some some really good clubs that miss out on the eight this year, that end up with halfway decent records, and it's uh, somebody's going to be sad about that. But I think overall the health of the comp that's a good thing. Now I uh, I'm I think the Tigers are going to find a way to get this one done this week, and I'm going to go with Richmond to win this one by eleven, even though the game is being played at Marvel. So, yep, maybe they'll like project a blue sky up onto the roof inside the uh, stadium for you. And then we move on to the last game of the round, and that is West Coast and Fremantle. And again, once again, I have to tip my cap to the grittiness of the Eagles' performance last week, or the Eagles that were there, or the people that were wearing the blue and yellow uniforms. You know, the debate can certainly continue as to whether or not the game should have been played or postponed, but they fought valiantly. And now they're getting much of their regular list back and I think they're going to be chomping at the bit to get themselves four points. Now, Fremantle, as I've said before, they and GWS have been, they've been an enigma to me. This is a club that on paper you would think that they should be much better than they truly are. Now, I know that the uh, Nat Fife absence has been extended. He's had a bit of a setback. And, I, and not because of that. I just think that the, the Eagles who I tipped to, I believe, 12th or 13th. I figured they were going to slide down the ladder slide down the ladder a little bit here. I think that this is the game for them right now. They, even though they were apart, metaphorically, I think they kind of came together last week or even over the last couple of weeks. And I think that the Eagles find a way to get this game won. So I'm going to go with the Eagles to win this one by 10 points. I might be wrong about this one. I might be wrong about all of them. And again purely for entertainment purposes only. Do not, do not take my tips as face value, okay? Now, folks, don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope that you'll check it out. It would be a huge help to the show and to me if you could leave a review. If you enjoy the show, there's a button up at the top or there's a review button. You can you know, take a couple of moments there, share your thoughts on the show. It would be a huge help. Um, you can also get on the mailing list so that when new episodes come out, when I get ready to do a live episode, I can send you the link to that, usually 24 hours in advance, so you know that there's going to be a live episode coming up so you can come on. And I have to be honest, I'm working on some bugs at, through the uh, app uh, with my podcast host. Uh, I haven't had anybody come on the live episodes the last couple of weeks that I've done them so far this year, but I'm, I've been having some issues with it, so I'm going to try to, to work on that this weekend to try to figure out what's wrong with that. Uh, so again, you get on the mailing list, the new episodes come out, that'll be in your email as soon as it's released. I'll send you the links to the live episodes. I'm not bombarding you with dozens of emails or anything of that nature. Uh, if you want, can, want to consider helping out the show, you can click on the Buy Me a Coffee button in the bottom left-hand corner, or up at the top, the uh, store page there, the, it'll take you to my Redbubble page, and I've got a couple new designs up there on the website there if you want to, you know, support the... Uh, the podcast that way and put a sticker on the back of your computer or in the back window of your your car or your ute i would and, and if you do if you've done that and you want to send me a picture of that that'd be fantastic because i would love to be able to show that out on social media that you're supporting the podcast so thanks a bunch for that now again folks don't forget that you can also reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com as well as on twitter at yank underscore on and on facebook and instagram at a yank on the footy and again, if you haven't done so yet, please consider signing up for the mailing list so the podcast gets to you as soon as it comes out. 
And everyone, I want to thank you for listening. We're, by the time this is over, we're 10% of the way done with the season, a little more than that, actually. We're going to have the women's grand final coming up next week. Can't wait for that as well. And a lot of us have things to look forward to, to be excited about with regards to our clubs this year. There's a lot of good things happening. There are some other clubs that are scuffling as well. And like I said, if you're, if you enjoy the show, I do hope that you'll share a link with your friends and family. It really helps that word of mouth if you, you know, if you, you know, tell your friends about this crazy American who who loves your game, who is so thankful that you have shared this game with me. Uh, and I can't thank you enough for that because you've been so welcoming uh, with your explanations for things, with your understanding, with your friendship. And I can't thank you enough for that. Okay, so if you've got a favorite episode that you want to share a link for, you can find those easily over on my website, yankonthefooty.com, and you could share out a link. That would be a huge help to the show. And, folks, again, thanks for the continued kind words. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 153 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. Again, thanks for listening, and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family, and head over to the website and get on that mailing list, folks. And until next time, this is Craig Wessels, and goodbye. <laughs>